0: What's up everybody welcome back to this week in lacrosse this week we're going to talk a little bit about the ID lacrosse showcase a fantastic event out of Minnesota in addition to kind of wrapping up the high school lacrosse season and letting you know what was significant about certain teams championship performances and we're starting now. How's it going everybody? Welcome back to This Week in Lacrosse. I'm really excited about this week's episode because at the end of this episode, we're going to have an interview with Bob D'Ignazio. He is the director of the ID Lacrosse Showcase. It's an event held out of Minnesota every year. It's in its fourth year and I'm going to actually be in attendance this year. So anybody who's in the Minnesota area and wants to say hello, I will be at that event on Monday and Tuesday. But I'll tell you why I decided to go to this event and what's going on with it later in the show. So we're kind of wrapping up the high school lacrosse season, which is always that bittersweet moment for me because I spend so much time. My season really starts in February and then it ends about mid-June because Massachusetts doesn't finish this weekend but the weekend after. So it's kind of one of those bittersweet moments where I'm like, oh, the season's over. It'll be nice to get a little bit of a breather and a little bit of a break. But as you guys all know now is the crazy season and we're heading into a completely new kind of high school season so i just want to let you guys know that just because the high school season is ending the content on the youtube channel and on laxrecords.com is not going to stop so please if you haven't already hit that subscribe button and of course if you like this video be sure to give it that thumbs up in addition to me heading to the ideal lacrosse showcase this weekend this weekend, the Premier Lacrosse League is coming to Chicago, so I'm going to that. So I'm going to do something from that. Not quite sure yet, but I'm going to take you guys along for the ride. But we do have to get to the business of wrapping up the high school lacrosse season, and I want to say the last week in the Mid-Atlantic and for some of the states in the Northeast was one of the more exciting weeks of the high school across season. We're going to start off in New Jersey where Mountain Lakes won its third Tournament of Champions title. Now, for the people who may not be completely familiar with how New Jersey does their championship format, they have four state championships, groups one, two, three, and 4, in addition to non-public A and non-public B, so six total and what they do is after those teams win their state championship they basically put them all in a pot and they all play in true highlander style there can be only one and mountain lakes was that one matt palazzi had a fantastic game both at the face-off where he went 13 of 20 and he scored four goals as mountain lakes defeated del barton 12 to 5 so a very impressive victory for the lakers so it was their third championship overall but it was their first since 2014. Now, when the Tournament of Champions started in 2004, the first couple years were kind of dominated by Mountain Lakes and Del Barton. Del Barton actually defeated Mountain Lakes in 2004, which was the first game of the year, and 2006, but Mountain Lakes got the best of the green wave in 2007 and 2008. But obviously, both teams walk away with a state championship. Mountain Lakes just gets bragging rights as they are the best team in New Jersey for yet another year. I can't leave the Mid-Atlantic without talking about a couple other teams. First, I want to talk about Briarwoods out of Virginia because right now they have the current longest active winning streak in the nation with 43 games after they won their third state championship in four years with a 9-8 win over Atlee. So Briar Woods has the longest active winning streak at 43 games. We have Duke City Lacrosse Club out of New Mexico that also has a winning streak in the 40 ish range. And Westminster out of Maryland is boasting a winning streak in the high 30s. So next year is going to be a really interesting season because you always get to that point where when you start talking about 40 can they get to 50 and some of those teams considering the amount of games they play have the potential to get to 60 and it's 60 for me that's when it starts to get real and by real I mean are we looking at a team that has any potential of winning the 92 straight games that is currently the record that's a long way off. You're talking like two or three seasons, even once you get to 60 games. So it's a long stretch and a very definite marathon for those teams. But we still got another season or two before we can even start to talk about that. Kind of wrapping up the Mid-Atlantic for this week and for the season, we had LaSalle and Conestoga out of Pennsylvania meeting for the uh, PIAA Championship This was one of those games, it's almost tradition because these two teams met for the fifth time since the sport was sanctioned and this was the matchup for many, many years as the sport was kind of growing and finally got its sanctioned designation. So, out of those five times, this was the third time LaSalle beat Conestoga to win the PIAA title. And while we're in Pennsylvania, Bishop Shanahan defeated Hershey 12-3 to win the Class 2A championship, and that was Shanahan's second consecutive championship. Another interesting thing about Bishop Shanahan is they finished the season with a 20-game winning streak, but they actually had a 20-game winning streak in this season that got snapped. And their current 20-game winning streak actually started in the very next game with a 15-4 win over Hershey. Pretty fitting. And it just would not be right to talk about the high school lacrosse season and championship games without mentioning Brother Rice out of Michigan. The Warriors got a literal last-second goal by Justin Glod in a 14-13 win over Detroit Catholic Central to win the Division I state championship. Now, most years, this would be ho-hum, Brother Rice wins another title, but after last year losing to Detroit Catholic Central in a championship game, snapping the Warriors' streak of 14 straight championships, this is the first time they've won in two years. And the Warriors now have a mind boggling 25 championships in program history, which puts them in a tie for second all time. They're tied with St. Paul's out of Maryland, who won 25 MIAA championships in their, well, MIAA or MSA championships in their program history. So who holds the record for most championships ever? Landon, out of Maryland, holds it with 31 titles there was quite a lot of teams in the northeast this week that really put up impressive numbers and added to their program's legacy we're going to start with champlain valley union out of vermont they won their seventh straight championship and 10th overall with a 15 to 13 win over burn burton and because seven such a lucky number saint joseph trumbull out of connecticut won its seventh overall championship with a 9-3 win over Bacon Academy. Declan McGinley scored three goals and had an assist, and Jack Coughlin had three assists and two goals in the victory. New Hampshire teams had a pretty big week as Derryfield defeated Winnicott 9-1 to win its fourth straight Division II championship. This gave the Cougars its sixth overall title. In the Division One championship, Pinkerton beat Bishop Guerton to win its 12th overall title in program history. What's interesting about the Division I championship is Pinkerton and Bishop Guertin really seem to have a lock on that title game because they have met for that division one championship for seven consecutive years. From 2010 to 2014, Bishop Guertin got that division one championship and they also won titles in 2016 and 2017. And as you can see, my dog is really excited about that. Pinkerton won it all in 2015, 2018, and of course now 2019. What makes it also interesting is Pinkerton now leads the state with the most championship overall with 12 and Bishop Wharton is second with nine all right now I want to shout out a couple of the New York teams first we're gonna go with Victor who won its fourth championship in the last five years with a 9 to 7 win over John Jay goalie Liam Holler made 19 saves to help the Blue Devils the victory in that game Shorem waiting River and it's star attackman Xavier Arline as they defeated Jamesville DeWitt 12 to 7 in the class C championship game this actually gives the Wildcats their fourth title in program history. And of course, it was a true party in Long Island as Massapequa defeated Fairport 10-6 in the Class A championship game with Thomas Greenblatt scoring three goals and three assists in that victory. Chief stud faceoff man Angelo Petrakis won 15 of 20 at the dot to help lead the team. And finally, we're going to give a quick shout out to Darianne at a Connecticut who won the Class L championship with a 13-3 win over Wilton. This was pretty interesting because Wilton had just a few weeks before had beat Darien in the FC IAC tournament which in the semifinals. which at that point you were kind of wondering if Wilton was on a really big winning streak they had come back from a sub 500 record early in the season and they were getting healthy it looked like they might be making a run to win it all again in 2019 but Hudson Picorni had three goals and two assists in that victory that gave the blue wave its 14th state championship. That's good for second most in Connecticut state history behind Wilton, who has 22. All right, next up, we're gonna actually go to an interview I did earlier with Bob DiGnazio. He is the director of the ID lacrosse showcase. This event is in its fourth year. It's held in Minnesota, and why I decided this event was something that I wanted to go to and attend it's one of those things like, now, I'm going to admit, I'm an East Coast guy for most of my life. I grew up in North Carolina until I was 18 years old. I lived in Maryland until I was 36 years old. So it's one of those things like I'm accustomed to the East Coast. But I realize as much as lacrosse is considered an East Coast sport, the way our beautiful sport has grown so much over the last 15 to 20 years, it's become one of those things, like it's cost prohibitive for a lot of families and a lot of players to always basically move to the East Coast every summer and attend all these recruiting events in Baltimore, Maryland, Virginia, all those areas that it's usually held in. So for me, as someone who lives in the Midwest now, it was kind of refreshing to see that there was an opportunity for players here in the Midwest to get to an event that also brought in college coaches to see them play. Because if you've never seen the Midwest kids, you know there's a lot of talent out here, and there's just a lot of benefit to college coaches coming out and seeing some of these players play, because it's also one of those things you might get a diamond in the rough and someone that someone else is not looking at because they didn't come out here. So this event runs from Monday to Tuesday, and I'm gonna be there, I'm be taking pictures, I'm sure I'll be doing stuff on Instagram and Twitter, you guys can obviously follow me there, at Records. And then I'm also going to be kind of chatting with some college coaches. So one thing I want to get from you guys is if you're watching this before Monday or Tuesday, please give me a comment below about what would you want to ask a college coach, whether it be about recruiting, whether it be about how you get better. Like what questions do you guys want to know that I can ask them and relay back? I had the chance to talk with Coach D'Agnasio about this event, why it was important, and just to give a little background about it. So we're going to go to that interview now, and then I'll see you guys at the end. Tell me a little bit about the um, the ID Showcase to begin with. Like how many years has this event been running now?
1: Yeah, so we're in our fourth year um, at the ID Showcase. And really it started because there was a need or a desire from high school players in the area to have a sh- a showcase in the Twin Cities on the front end of the rec- of the recruiting uh, summer calendar. So Minnesota is a little bit unique in that the high school season is so late because of the weather. Uh, it doesn't start usually until early April for games and um, is then pushed back and usually ends. The state championship is usually Father's Day weekend. So that kind of takes away a few weekends of, opportun- of recruiting exposure opportunities for High school players in Minnesota. So the goal of ID has been, and um, we've done a great job, is to give Minnesota players uh, an opportunity to be seen early in the summer. Mm -hmm. So it's right after the state championship weekend, uh, Monday, Tuesday. And our goal is for players to be identified by college programs as soon as possible. So then when they go to a club tournament with their their team later in the summer, or maybe another showcase that they're already on colleges' radars, and it's not a first look for them, but uh, it's they're being seen for a second time. Right, gotcha. Um,
0: so when like you mentioned kind of the, the reason for starting it, but like what um, what was the kind of response to in year one? Because I see like it's mostly I'm looking at this year's roster, I guess you know there's a kid from Wisconsin it looks like from there too, but it looks like primarily Minnesota kids. Like what was the um, biggest gap you guys were trying to fill? Was it just, cause I know a lot of those people that I talked to, like I had a parent the other day tell me like, you know, I'm basically moving to Baltimore for three months. <laughs> so
1: mm-hmm. you know, his,
0: his player can get, you know, his son can get seen. Um, was it that sort of thing you guys were trying to assist the Minnesota kids with?
1: Yeah, exactly. Mike, um, Traveling to the East Coast can well does require a lot of resources, resources both time and money. And um, I, ID brings the college coaches, a lot of them from the East Coast to Minnesota, so um, players can sleep in their own bed the night before. Uh, parents don't have to miss work. It's it's just a more comfortable and quite frankly economical environment. Um, set up rather than, you know, a few flights and a few hotel rooms and, and meals on the road, um, on the East coast. So go ahead. Yeah. And, um, the majority of the players have been from Minnesota. We've had players over the, the, these four years from, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, and this year we actually have a player from Arizona. Uh, he grew up. He grew up in Minnesota, and um, that's kind of how he we got connected. Uh, but he's coming out really good faceoff guy. So uh, it's we're growing geographically, and the really nice thing is now that we're in year four, we have really a consistent coaching staff that comes out. So the college coaches. Really enjoy working hands-on with the players. We're not just rolling the balls out. There's uh, position-specific skill sessions to begin each day. Uh, it's a smaller environment where we have 80 to 90 players and over 20 coaches. Um, so, it and it, the setup draws the draws college coaches who like to work with players, and that brings a ton of value to the the players who are on the field because they're being coached by college coaches who really want to be there and have have made a a flight or a very long drive from the East coast or, you know, out out of state.
0: Right. So um, I'm sure a lot of people are probably interested, like who are some of the colleges and the coaches that are, you know, you don't have to mention the coaches by name, but like who are some of the colleges that will be working with the players there?
1: Yeah. Uh, This year, some new programs are Canisius out of New York and university of Delaware, as well as Jacksonville we found that there's been a lot of, um, you know, we I keep my ear open and listen to what players want, and uh, those schools were mentioned a number of times, so we went out and um, locked up those coaches. Detroit Mercy has been at ID every year. Um, so has Marquette, uh, Monmouth, New Jersey. This will be their third year. Uh, Manhattan College is coming back. St. John's. Their head coach Jason Miller has been at ID for uh, three years straight, uh, as, and we've had a few Ivy League schools this year. Princeton is coming out. We've had Harvard and Penn as well, so it's it's really a kind of a wide range of, of Division One programs, both academically and in terms of conference. And um, on the Division Three side, we have a lot of. Midwest schools uh, from Illinois and Wisconsin—that's definitely the majority of them. But we've had some top academic schools. Kenyon College, where I played, has been at ID every year. Uh, we've had Haverford College at ID. So we're, uh, as well as our sinus in the Centennial Conference. So it's it's Midwest centric on the Division Three side for a lot of reasons. But uh, we have had some. Top academic schools and lacrosse programs from from outside Illinois and Wisconsin as well. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm sure probably, people probably don't think about it too much, but there's there's a budget on the recruiting side for a lot of these colleges. Either it's not you know it's not no one opens the pocketbook, so like it's got a region uh, distance comes into factor even for the college coaches as well
1: as the players. Um, exactly. And th- these are programs that really want to recruit Minnesota players. You know they wouldn't be making the drive or the flight if they weren't looking for Minnesota guys in uh, a place or Midwest players generally in a a place like Marquette was a lot of Minnesota players, Detroit, Mercy, you know, they keep coming back because um, they're finding players here and same with the division three schools who are within a six hour drive. Um, Obviously there's going to be some return on, on their investment in their recruiting budget to come up to the twin cities as well.
0: Um, yes, yeah, so I was going to ask, like, um, what has it been like? What's been the feedback from the, the college coaches that you, you've received?
1: It's been really positive, Mike. Uh, they really enjoy, again, working with the players. I think it's been refreshing for a lot of them who do kind of the the Boston to D.C. summer circuit grind and work event after, an, after event, and they see – uh, players who've who are you know coming from one event and are at this showcase or tournament and going to another one, whereas at ID the players are coming right out of, right out of their high school season. They really appreciate this opportunity because there aren't a lot of recruiting showcases and tournaments in the Twin Cities or in the Upper Midwest generally. Uh, so they really um, are coachable and want to be coached. They want to get the exposure of the showcase, but they're also here to to be coached and and to improve, and they take advantage of it because it's they don't ever you know a recruiting showcase uh, every week in their backyard like players on the East Coast. And I have
0: to imagine um, the players got to be in, in about a tip-top lacrosse shape at this point
1: because,
0: <laughs> uh, like you said, their their season will pretty much be ending. Maybe what the day. I know you guys have had a lot of weather um, in Minnesota, so I think the championship game is what Saturday. Um, uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't have it off the top of my head, but, you know, they'll obviously be going straight from – some of the guys will be going straight from that game to possibly this event too. Um, so Yeah. Be in, in in good shape and ready to play.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, they're excited. They're in great shape. And it's just – it's really good timing and works yeah. out really well.
0: To talk a little bit about the, the format. Like, what um, – you mentioned the coaches work with the players, but what's the, what's the format of the event? What would people expect to see? Um, Should they, you know, either come to come to this to attend in a future event or, you know, if they're coming to check it out?
1: Yeah. Uh, So as I mentioned, we're not just rolling the balls out. It's really uh, geared to provide a lot of value to players and parents, uh, quite frankly, of players who are, who attend. So we start each day with practice sessions, uh, day one starts with position-specific skill sessions and then uh, time with teams. So players are assigned teams uh, before the event starts so they know who they'll be coached by um, and who they're playing with. And so the morning starts with position-specific s- drills. Then they move to working with their coaches and their team. They put in a set offense and offensive and defensive sets Um, And then games start. So each player, again, gets about an hour of of, um, skill work with college coaches per day. And then day one, each player gets three games coached by college coaches or with the same group of guys or with the same team throughout the day. And, um, you know, when coaches aren't coaching, they're on the sidelines watching and evaluating and we have a lot of college coaches that just attend who aren't on staff, who aren't coaching, but are there to recruit as well. Uh, so the players, we have side-by-side turf fields. So it's there's two fields, so the players get a lot of exposure. There's no worry of if they're being seen or not. Um, every coach who attends sees every player uh, at the showcase. And on the end of Monday, the end of the first day, we do a recruiting education Session where we bring together three or four Division One and Division Three um, head coaches, either Division One coaches and and a Division Three coach usually, and it's uh, we invite parents and players and it's a question and answer panel where players and parents can ask really anything they want to college coaches about the recruiting process, their program, financial aid, what it's like to be in their program, really anything, and it's it's always been a really informative conversation and really engaging conversation. Um, The last few years we've had some great coaches. Um, I mentioned Jason Miller from St. John's uh, Chris Cullen from Detroit Mercy, Steve Brundage from Marquette. They've, they've been on it each of the last uh, two years and Doug Mazzardi is head coach at Kenyon. He's been on it as well. And um, it's, it's really informative and really engaging. And um, then after that, we uh, have each of the Division III coaches get their own table and players can go up directly to college, to Division III coaches and talk one-on-one about their program, admissions, financial aid, because the Division III process is really um, school-specific as to whether a program is really gets... Receives commitments in the summer for early decision or, or later in the, the cycle, um, and obviously they have different schools, institution-specific financial aid models and um, conferences and conference rules. So um, players can really talk one-on-one with D3 coaches about their their program, and that's that's huge because players can really find from that they can really begin to understand. Uh, differences between schools, uh, they can start to kind of imagine themselves in a program and find what's what's the best fit. So this summer, um, they can do campus visits um, or follow up with those coaches. So yeah. Monday is, is jam-packed. It's, it's skill sessions, it's games, it's the recruiting session. And then Tuesday, again, we start with position-specific um, sessions in the morning and then finish with with games um, in the late morning and, and afternoon. Okay.
0: Um, so you you mentioned a little bit, you know, just as far as the, um, I guess, the off the field of, uh, ask, you know, <coughs> losing the word, you know, some of the off the field advantages that the the showcase has with the
1: recruiting session.
0: But you guys also mm-hmm. have, looks like you've partnered with um, ConnectLax. Would you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. ConnectLax has been a great partner, um, of ID lacrosse. They come in and film each of the games uh, that are being played, and they also film some of the skill sessions as well. So players can either pre-order or order after the event, order the film, uh, their game film, and then use that, uh, whether it be in a highlight film or just providing raw game film to uh, college coaches for recruiting exposure. And that's really important, especially for Upper Midwest players, because a lot of the programs they're looking at uh, you know, aren't just around the corner, and those coaches don't get to see them every week in a high school game uh, right. or something like that. So uh, ConnectLax handles all that. Players can obtain film directly from them. And ConnectLax also provides information about each school in attendance to players. So players can actually go on our Um, college's attending link on our website and see a map of all the schools that are attending and they can click on a logo and see more information about those programs and ConnectLax puts that together for us, so they've been a good partner.
0: All right. Again, I want to thank Coach DiGnazio for taking the time to talk with me about the ID Lacrosse Showcase. Again, if you guys have a question or a comment, something you want to get from a college coach that you may not have access to, please let me know in the comments below, and I will do my best to ask those questions and get them answered for you. But That's going to be it for this week's show upcoming will probably be a couple interesting videos a little bit different because as i said at the start i'm actually headed to the pl game here in chicago on saturday the 15th so i'm planning on doing a little bit of video with that but you can always follow me on instagram and twitter if you want to get a little bit of behind the scenes and see what's going on and see what it's like and then you can be sure there's going to be a recap video from the ideal lacrosse showcase so we have a couple fun things coming up but for now have a week